Happy holidays, everybody. Listen, this is weird. Jeff's not feeling well, so he asked me to set up a From the Vault. Uh, we never miss episodes, so it must be pretty bad. Hope you get better soon, Jeff. I know there's something going around, and it ain't pretty. Um, I picked an episode from last December. This was our Christmas episode, as a matter of fact. It's all about the history of the Christmas card. started right here in Massachusetts. Um, it's a fun episode, so enjoy. Before we get to it, just a shout-out. Jeff's book, The Fright Before Christmas. I read it while I was on vacation, and it was absolutely fabulous. If you can find a copy, grab it. If you know somebody that has one, ask if you can borrow it. Um, But read it. Let it soak in. Read it a second time, which I'm going to have to do, because there's so much jam-packed in this book about uh, uh, holiday folklore and legends of Yuletide past. Um, the names and the holidays and, and the, the festivals. Um, you're going to need to read it twice, and you'll probably enjoy it even more the second time around. So I'm looking forward to reading it again. Uh, get it wherever you get your books, but might be sold out. Oh, there might be a second run. Who knows? Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. But if you can find it, grab it while you can. So anyway, here is a From the Vault from December 22nd, episode 279, Enjoy. Hey, Ray, what you up to? Just writing out some Christmas cards. Really? I mean, writing actual cards to people? Okay, I'm signing the family photo card that we had printed in bulk online. (laughs) Okay, I get it. You know, some people don't even do that. They just let the online service print the card, stuff the envelope, print the address from a spreadsheet right onto the envelope, add the stamp, mail it, boom, outsourced holiday cheer. Well, it is the thought that counts, right? No, it actually is. And if you can take a break from signing your autograph of that stack of cards there, uh, we need to take a road trip into Boston. All right, where are we going? We're heading to the Roxbury section of Boston to find America's first Christmas card. Hello, I'm Jeff Belanger, and welcome to episode 279, the Christmas special episode of the New England Legends podcast. And I'm Ray Osier. Thanks for joining us on our mission to chronicle every legend in New England one story at a time. We're a community of legend seekers who are always on the hunt for the weird and unusual, and we're glad you're with us. We are. If you'd like to send us a holiday gift... How about hitting the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast? Post a review for us and tell your friends about our show. Now, before we go searching for America's first Christmas card, not just New England, all of America, we want to take just a minute to tell you about our sponsor, Nuati Herbals. Now, this week, Nuati Herbals founder Rod Jackson has a message for us. Take it away, Rod. As another year of successful partnership between Nuati Herbals and New England Legends draws to a close, We want to wish everyone the gift of good health and happiness this holiday season. Merry Christmas from the Nuwadi team to all the loyal New England podcast listeners and their loved ones. We appreciate Rod, Kimberly, and the whole Nuwadi Herbals team for all their support. And we appreciate how their teas and products have made a difference in our lives and the lives of so many of our New England Legends family. So thank you, too. Let Nuati Herbals help support your healthy lifestyle. Check out the Nuati Herbals website to see all their great products, and you get 20% off your order when you use the promo code LEGENDS20 at checkout. Visit NuatiHerbals.com. That's N-U-W-A-T-I, Herbals, with an S, dot com. Okay, Jeff, so we're off to Boston to find America's first Christmas card. We are. Hop in. 
We're heading to the corner of Roxbury and Gardner Streets. Now, Boston has a funny relationship with Christmas. Well, what do you mean? Well, we've learned from a previous holiday special podcast that Boston banned Christmas back in the year 1659. Hmm. They called the practice, quote, satanical. <laughs> That's right. They did, didn't they? <laughs> and we know Boston brought Christmas back around 1867 when Charles Dickens came to town and started offering readings of his holiday classic book, A Christmas Carol. That story caught on in New England and America after that and helped turn December 25th into a national holiday that we know and love today. Right, right. All on the back of a ghost story. So maybe it's fitting that America's first Christmas card also came from Boston. Okay, uh, we're here. Mm, This is a handsome three-story building. Yeah, it is. It has a brick facade with a gorgeous cornice just below the top floor. Today, this building houses a mixture of residential apartments and offices, But at one time, this was a factory that produced not only New England's, but our country's first Christmas cards. Now, to find out how it happened, let's head back to 1875 and meet Louis Prang, the man who was Hallmark before Hallmark. It's December of 1875, and Boston lithographer Louis Prang has an idea for the holidays. Before we hear his idea, we should know a little more about the man. Prang was born in Prussia in 1824, and under his father, he learned the art of dyeing, engraving, and printing. Now, as a young man, he traveled through Germany, learning from other fabric printers, and he also worked as a chemist in a paper mill. In his mid-20s, he got involved in the politics of the German Revolution of 1848, and when that didn't go well, he was forced out of the country. Prang spent a couple of years in New York working for various printers before he moved to Boston and married the love of his life, Rosa Gerber. In 1856, he started a printing and lithography company with a partner and eventually bought out his partner in 1860 and formed a company under his own name. Prank's prints were considered among the very best. His use of color, his attention to the finest detail, he earned a great reputation. In the 1860s, the Civil War was bubbling up. The United States was deeply divided. When there's a war, it's a time of confusion. People clamor for information, but it's an opportunity for printers like Louis Prang. One of his earliest printing successes was a print of a map of Charleston Harbor illustrating the Battle of Fort Sumter. The 1860s were a difficult time for America, but business was good for Louis Prang. When the war ended, Prang built a factory in Roxbury in 1867. He spared no expense to house the best equipment and printers. Prang's prints look like oil paintings. The colors are vibrant. They're truly works of art. And through his printing, Prang spreads art to countless people who wouldn't experience it otherwise. Sure. I mean, not everyone can get to museums that hold the great paintings. And many can't afford the time or the money. But Prang's prints are published in journals and magazines or sold directly to hang in the homes of everyday people. Masterpieces at a fraction of the price. And a chance for new artists to get their work seen by people and earn a better living by licensing their work. It was at the Vienna World's Fair two years ago in 1873 where Prang was displaying some of his best work that the wife of his London agent suggested he could turn some of his floral prints into Christmas cards. Of course. About 30 years ago, Queen Victoria of England sent the first official Christmas card. And printing of the first commercial cards was commissioned in London in 1843. I mean, the idea really caught on in England and then Europe. So Prang sold some of his Christmas cards in Europe in 1873. Sure. But that's Europe. Nobody sends Christmas cards here in the United States. No, they don't. But still, there's plenty of European immigrants in the United States. Maybe there could be a limited market for it. I guess. But wouldn't that be trying to create a tradition, you know, out of nothing? 
Every tradition is born somewhere, Jeff. Plus, people in Europe like it. There's an opportunity here. So, back to the original thought. Louis Prang sets his sights on the late fall of 1875 and releases his first Christmas card that year. So, we know how viruses work. Well, what do you mean? I mean, one person has a cold. They can pass it to another person who can pass it to another person who sneezes on a train and passes it to multiple people. And Right, right, right. right. Well, so this first year, a bunch of people buy Prang's Christmas card. They're works of art already. And then those buyers send those cards to their family and friends. Okay, I follow you. So a bunch of people receive this Christmas card in the mail and think, what a great idea. Next year, I'm going to send these. Plus, the cards are so beautiful that the receivers display them for their friends and family to see. And the following year, more people send them. Prank sells even more cards. And every year thereafter, and the concept spreads and spreads. I mean, it really catches on. And we know how Christmas cards work. If you get a card from someone who is not on your list, you need to add them to your list next year. Exactly. Now, Louis Prang has quickly created a new Christmas tradition. The artwork is stunning. The printing is top quality, and the gesture of sending a friend a note around the holidays to say you're thinking of them, that's really touching. It's a gift without buying a gift. Prang's cards are flying out of his Roxbury factory as quickly as he can print them. His next challenge is new and innovative artwork for next year's cards. It's now 1884. Louis Prang hires a group of artists and plans an exhibition of their work here in Boston. The four winners will have their work featured on this year's Christmas cards. The Boston Evening Transcript covers the exhibit. It may seem almost an absurdity in the face of such an exhibition as is now taking place at the Gallery of Noise in Blakesley to speak of the possibilities of the Christmas card. Indeed, when we learned that a man of the experience and judgment of Mr. Lewis Prang had personally selected 22 artists to furnish him with designs which should essentially express the idea of Christmas, paying each artist, if we were rightly informed, a reasonable sum for the time given to the work and offering for the four best design prices so large that not one of the men or women so chosen could be indifferent to the decision. We naturally looked for a result which should be in every way satisfactory. From every point of view, the offer was a generous one, far too liberal, to make it possible for any artist to let himself off doing other than his best work. Uh, That is generous, paying artists to submit to a contest. The critic continues. Not that many, even most, of the designs are not interesting and charming in themselves, but few, very few, realize what, it seems to us, a Christmas card should be. Let us consider for a moment what constitutes the true Christmas card. In the first place, it is not a picture to be put in a frame. It is an object in itself to be taken in the hand, examined closely if desired, while at the same time it should look well at a distance. Whatever space is used should be treated in an interesting manner, and above all, be so thoroughly imbued with the idea of Christmas, viewed either from its religious aspect or as the purely social present-giving season of festivity, that it cannot, by changing a bit of holly or mistletoe into a lily or a rose, answer equally well for an Easter offering or a birthday greeting. The critic goes on to review the art by the men and women who submitted them. Almost all of them are religious in theme, you know, angels, birth of Jesus, and that kind of thing. 
but one piece by W. St. John Harper is described as exquisitely treated, depicting a mother embroidering Merry Christmas in a long strip of fabric. But the critique is that instead of Merry Christmas, the words could have been Happy Birthday or Joyful Easter, which means, by this critic's opinion, it can't make for a good Christmas card. In fact, the critic believes we have yet to see the perfect Christmas card. When these two powers, the power of imagination and the power of execution, are perfectly united, the possibility of the Christmas card will be fully realized. The winning artists are paid up to $1,000 for their design. So we're talking big bucks. And rightfully so. Prang is now producing 5 million Christmas cards per year and shipping them all over the world. And that brings us back to today. Lewis Prang sold his company in 1897 to the Tabor Company of Springfield, Massachusetts. And he spent the rest of his days traveling and promoting his educational texts and art supplies. Prang wanted to bring more art into the world. And his legacy still lives on. I mean, he invented the artist's color wheel, and his company now awards an annual Art Teacher of the Year recognition. According to the Greeting Card Association, Americans purchase about 6.5 billion greeting cards each year, and retail sales of those cards are estimated between 7 and $8 billion. Holiday cards account for about $1.6 billion of those cards. So Louis Prang was onto something. That he was. As we close out this holiday season, we thought we'd leave you with our own audio holiday card. Maestro, if you please. It's the holidays, and we're grateful that each week you listen. In New England, the snow is here, and oh, how it glistens. While we search for strange creatures, monsters, and ghosts, you ride with us. We're Jeff and Ray, your hosts. Wishing you bright tidings and joy, and something good to drink. Because you know too well, the the bazaar is closer closer than you think. think. Happy holidays and the coolest of Yules, no matter what you celebrate. Which brings us to After the Legend. After the Legend is sponsored by our Patreon patrons. These incredible folks help support their favorite podcast by voting with their wallets. For more than five years now, we've brought you a new story each and every week. It takes a lot of money to cover our hosting, marketing, production, and travel costs. We appreciate our patrons keeping us going. It's just three bucks per month, and for that, they get early access to new episodes, plus bonus episodes and content that no one else gets to hear. Just head over to patreon.com slash New England Legends to sign up. Yeah, so, I love stories like this, yeah. because we own we own it, yeah. New England. Right. I mean, we have some pretty cool stories that you could probably match up with any story mm-hmm. anywhere in the country, but this is ours. Yep. There's no debating that. The first card came from New England. I love, I love that. Yep, first Christmas card. So, um, funny story, a couple of weeks ago, I was at my daughter's first indoor track meet at the Reggie Lewis Center in Boston, which is where all the kids go, and finding parking around there is a little tricky, especially Friday afternoons, evenings, and so I was driving through these side streets, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, Gardner Street, Roxbury Street. I drove right by this building before we had even decided to do oh, this story. Oh, no kidding. That's so weird. I, I was right next to it, literally next to it, stopped. and, um, and Serendipitous, maybe, uh, perhaps? Maybe, I don't know, because I sent you the email. I'm like, how about yeah, this? A seed may have been planted, yeah. uh, like, you know, subliminally. But So the factory is still there. Uh, it sits on the register of historic places. Uh, you can go to our website, of course, and see pictures of the building and some of Prang's incredible cards. I mean, they were really something. Yeah, I saw one, and very detail-oriented for the time. And, yeah. Uh, wonderful, yeah. Incredible. The, the, the printing was truly incredible. Um, Christmas cards, it's funny. Do you, I mean, I, I sent them for years, but there was also, like, the holiday newsletter. Yeah. It was a big production. They were always funny. And I stressed them for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
building up to the newsletter. And uh, it was so much stress, I gave up. We kind of gave up too. Yeah. So, and we used to do funny things yeah. like you yeah. know, everybody loves, uh, no, what was it? Everybody loves Raymond. No, it was the Earl. It was a takeoff on the Earl show. The, the, what was that show with Earl? You know, uh, oh, uh, yeah, I know that, one. Uh, that one. So, yeah. we're outside in the front yeah. of the house, and Brady's got fireworks in his hand and a mullet, and <laughs> right. I've got my tummy hanging. I whatever. So, we always tried to do funny ones, and then it got to a point where, what do we do now? How do we top the right. last 10 we did? Right. And we stopped. Yeah. And now we do. New Year's cards. Oh, nice. So we find about 10 or 12 pictures from the year, mm-hmm. and we put that on one card, and Happy New Year. Here's our favorite moments from the year. It's a little easier. What I love about it, it, I mean, you know, we sort of made fun of the gesture of how it's just mass-produced now. You can just get a photo card, knock them out, and the company will even send it for you. You can yeah. just upload a spreadsheet, and just, you're done. Um, but I, I also do get the gesture, because I appreciate receiving them. You yeah, it's I mean? always nice. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh, I haven't heard. I mean, even if you, you haven't even spoken in the last year, you're just like, oh, there's your kids and there's your pets. And Well, and if you think about it, the picture cards are a little silly now because of social media. We see what people right. are doing on a daily basis. You're right. Oh, those are your kids now? Oh, yeah, right. I saw that picture yesterday on Facebook. Last week. I saw, <laughs> yeah, the, the picture you put on your Christmas card, you posted to Instagram. <laughs> That's right. I've already seen it. So yeah. maybe we should go back to the traditional Christmas card. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we've got, uh, I've got a couple relatives. Well, a couple. I think there's one. Where there's actually a handwritten message in a card. Yeah, like, those are the older folk, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, Still yeah. sticking with that. Yep. I just can't, I can't imagine sitting down in today's day and age writing out a card for 30, 40 people. So when you th- consider there's, what, what, 380 million people in the United States? Yeah. Buying 6.5 billion cards? Oh, yeah. And cards now. Holy moly. I mean, you can buy like a box of Christmas yeah, right. cards, cheap. But I would say your average birthday card is like between four and eight bucks now. Oh, and and it's so much money that you could say, I don't know, take all those profits and start a television network. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Maybe call it that, I don't know, <laughs> rhymes with Hallmark Channel. <laughs> right? And you could. I never thought of that. That was probably solely based on cards, card sales. One of our, our wonderful patrons, Joni, uh, you know, Joni, she, yeah. she, um, she produces some of those movies. So, so the Hallmark Christmas movies, which is, which is that. a thing. Wow. Like it's a thing. They, those movies are, there's hundreds Huge. of them, you know? It's become a joke. It's, but it's become, a part of people's lives they can't wait for christmas right sit down and watch them yeah. and you're just like you know uh let, i bet we could write one right now okay there's a woman who's in a bad relationship okay hold on you need a town square right with a gazebo sure yeah okay so we're in that town it's always nice in in, in the winter too yeah the sun's always shining perfect yeah perfect weather it's small town right of course it's a small what's town. his profession uh, well, with the guy that she dumped, yeah, or, or no, the new let's guy. Let's go with that guy. The dump, the dump. Guy. Uh, he wasn't working. He was just riding the couch, and okay. he was drunk and abusive. And what is she doing? Uh, she. Yeah, I don't think you could do drunk and abusive with Hallmark movies. Oh, right. So it's got to be just a little a kitschy, a little funny, just a little bit of a loser living off of her, living off of her. And she's like, you know what? I've had enough. Okay. I'm going home, back to my roots. He started raising chickens. Yes, but they live in an apartment. Right. And it's like enough of this. Yeah. Okay. Can't have it. Yeah. So and, she goes back home. And and walks in and there's mom and dad and oh it's so good to have you back and you'll you'll find your way here and then there's the guy the high school boyfriend right she thinks he's just a clerk at the grocery store but no he actually owns it he was just filling in for the kid who was sick yeah. because he doesn't mind he can do any job and she's not talking to him because it's like I need something better than this and right. oh there's Timmy my old boyfriend and surprise surprise he's working as a cashier snow starts to fall <laughs> music plays yeah. They're stuck in the store. Oh, it's going to be a long night. 
Oh, I own the store. Well, no, he starts grabbing things off the shelf and she's like, is your boss going to get mad at you? You have oh, to pay for yeah, those right. things. He goes, I kind of own this stuff. Right. Yeah. And then he cooks her a meal in the store <laughs> with like a little Coleman. That's great. <laughs> the music so plays. So it's kind of a general store and grocery store. Right. Slash, right. Yeah. yeah. It's a small town. Right. 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 <laughs> um, but okay. So, but now she seems very shallow because she didn't talk to him when he was a right. cashier. So what is the twist? There, Christmas starts to work its magic, Ray. I guess they start falling in love. He opens a bottle of wine, though. Well, he's not rich. He's just doing well. Not not like mega rich, but right. But she wouldn't talk to him when he when she thought he wasn't doing well. I don't like this girl. Wow, already we just we created a character I don't like. So then a better girl comes in, (laughs) who deserves his love. Oh, it's the girl. It's the girl that he's that's been working under him the whole time. Helped him build the the company, and they're in love. And they're really in love. And then he's like, hey, Sally, I know you just wanted me for my money. You didn't want to talk to me before. Right. And the other girls, she it's helped It's a Hallmark him. movie with a twist. Damn. Wow. Did what, you write any of that down? We're, no. We're, we're waiting, Hallmark. You could just call, call Joe, us will anytime, you? anytime, and uh, we'll get on this. Um, so, but it's, it's I amazing. I can't believe we just spent five minutes creating a Hallmark Apologies. movie. Apologies. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> where's the ghosts and monsters of New England? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it's a funny thing, right? So uh, Valentine's Day, everybody harps on it. It's a Hallmark holiday. They, it is. Yeah. They, they said like, we can, we can create a thing. And they created a thing. Lewis Prang did it right yep. for Christmas. We're like, no one's going to send a Christmas card. Who would do that? And I love it, right? There's people that you're not going to get gifts for, but here's a gesture. I'm yeah. thinking of you. Thinking of you. you know? That's and, what it's all about. And as you pointed out with social media now, like you can post every birthday. Like, you don't have, I don't have to send you a card. Happy birthday, Ray. Right. Social media reminded me it was your birthday. So I'm sure social media has put a dent in sales. Oh, must have. For, for Hallmark. So what would they do? Well, they raise the prices of the cards. Right. They're like five, six bucks each. And you're like, whoa, times. And probably why they started a, uh, a, a network. Yeah, right. Well, so, so you different money. Take that in. sentiment of, of the card, which can be, you know, so sappy sometimes. Some of these cards are awful. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. You read it and you're like, oh, my, I can't give this to anybody. Who would want this card? But someone does because yeah. there's, you know, but then you, you create that sentimental feeling. And that's, that's the thing, right? It's like package nostalgia. Which it always was, even back when Lewis Prang first did it. It was yeah. just like, let me capture this this feeling in a card, in artwork. And art captures feelings all the time. That's what art does, yep. right? The paintings, music, poetry, everything. Yeah. Speaking of poetry, speaking of sappy, speaking of cheesy, how about that audio card we ended this episode with? That was something. That was... I all mean, you? Yeah. Nice. I'll fart. Sorry. <laughs> you didn't seek help from... No, like a- I... I Feel like I maybe should have sought a little. Did help. you have to use RhymeZone.com? No, no, that's a thing. <laughs> it is. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness! No, that was just right off my head. It's actually a thing. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. yeah. Wishing everybody uh, the greatest of holiday season. Hope it goes well for you. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, we'll get back to the weirdness next week. That's my out cue. My radio show. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I love you all. Oh, that's what I say every day. Then we just said it now. Thank you for riding with us each and every week as we explore this strange land called New England. Did you know most of our story leads come from you? Please get more involved with us. Yes. We're a community of weirdos always on the lookout for odd tales of ghosts, monsters, aliens, and strange history. Also, please share our podcast with a friend or two or post it on your social media. The more people who listen, the more people who contribute, and we get to share even more weirdness. We'd like to thank Michael Leggy for lending his voice acting talents this week. Thanks to our sponsor, New Audio Herbals. Thank you to our Patreon patrons. 
And our theme music is by John Judd. Until next time, remember, the bazaar is closer than you think. Thank you.